The Oklahoma Sooners got good news at quarterback, got some good news along the offensive line, and maybe they'll get some good news on the defensive line as well. We're going to talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Sooners. You are Locked on Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode of Locked On Sooners is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at SoonersWire.com. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, how we doing, man? Doing great. Obviously, the big news of the day in Oklahoma land, they got their quarterback coming back. The the news that we've all been waiting on. We thought we were going to get this news with Dylan Gabriel. Uh, frankly, probably wouldn't have gotten the grade back that he wanted from the, the NFL draft Knicks of the world. So this is the, the right decision for Dylan Gabriel. It's great news for Oklahoma. And John, I think it's I think it's a massive deal here in Norman, Oklahoma, that now at least the plan going in, right, obviously subject to change, and we can address what a couple of those subject to changes would be, but subject to change, you've, you've got your starting quarterback back in Dylan Gabriel, and that gives Jackson Arnold one year to season. And I do count me in the camp, John, of I think Dylan Gabriel can be better than what he was for Oklahoma a season ago. So I think it's massive news. I think it's a uh, – it's great for Jeff Levy, for Brent Venables, for everybody that's trying to see this thing improve from six and seven to uh, Oklahoma getting back to competing for a Big 12 championship. I think Gabriel's the type of quarterback, dime time part two, baby, can lead you to the Big 12 championship, John. Yeah, he is a good quarterback. And the other thing that this does for you is it gives you more continuity going into next season. I mean, think about what the Oklahoma Sooners have gone through kind of at quarterback over the last few years. So you go from Jalen Hurts, to Spencer Rattler, the 2019 to 2020 transition. Spencer Rattler has a pretty solid first year in Norman, um, has some games where he struggles, but overall a pretty good year. Uh, and then, you know, the 2020 to 2021 season, we get the, the Caleb Williams hype train coming into town. I mean, things don't go well for Spencer Rattler in some games early on, and the pressure is on uh, for him. And then Caleb Williams comes in, takes over, and then you get, you know, half of the season of Caleb Williams, and he's gone. You get a little bit of quarterback stability now, having two straight years with the same starting quarterback. I think it's really good for this team as a whole. They get to build together. I mean, this now Dylan Gabriel has been with the Sooners for a full year, going to have another full offseason with Jeff Levy with his wide receivers. Uh, presumably, we think Marvin Mims will go off to the NFL, but it gives him another year to work with Jaleel Farouk, continue to build that um, relationship, build that chemistry, and then build it with guys like, you know, further build it with Drake Stoops, further build it uh, with your true freshman guys that are now going to be, you know, uh, I guess they'd be redshirt freshmen in uh, Jaden Gibson and Nicholas Anderson, uh, as well as guys that came in through the transfer portal last, late last spring in LV Bunkley Shelton and JJ Hester. So 
I think it's good to have that continuity. Continuity is such a great word when it comes to football. I think it's one of the more underrated things in football. The more that you can keep guys together, the better off you'll be. Look at TCU as a prime example. One of the reasons that they're playing so well this year in Sonny Dyke's first season in Fort Worth is because they've had a ton of continuity. A lot of those guys stuck around and saw this through and they're benefiting from it. We talked about it earlier this week when uh, Isaiah Coe decided to return to the Oklahoma Sooners, when Woody Washington decided to return. Having those experienced players be a part of your depth chart and stick around for as long as they possibly can only raises the ceiling of talent. And now we're seeing it because this past year, Dylan Gabriel was your starter. Your quarterback situation after Dylan Gabriel was not good. I mean, we don't know what Nick Evers is going to be. He might be a really good quarterback, but apparently he wasn't ready this year. And so you left yourself in a, in a very vulnerable situation at quarterback. Now you go into this next year, you still got Dylan Gabriel coming. It looks a lot better because you have Jackson Arnold coming too. And you know, you have Davis Bevel who's going to have another year in Jeff Levy's system. You'd think that he'd kind of be your emergency third quarterback. If something were to happen to Dylan Gabriel, you go with the guy that's going to be the, the future and you go with Jackson Arnold. The quarterback situation is much, much better. And like you said, I think he's a quarterback that is capable of winning Oklahoma a lot of games. Remember, this was a defense that allowed 30 points per game on the season. And that's after having a really good start to the season in non-conference play. The Big 12 slate did not bode well for the Oklahoma Sooners defense. So what does this team look like if the defense is able to improve just a little bit? just a little bit, or the offense is able to become a much more efficient third down offense or fourth down offense going into next year. If they can improve, the offense can improve just a little bit and the defense can improve just a little bit. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're a big 12 title contender, but they're a better team. If they're more efficient offensively on third downs in particular, or avoid them altogether, And the defense improves even just a little bit. We don't know if those two things will happen, but he's a quarterback that is capable of helping this team win games. Now, does he got to get some help around him? Sure. Absolutely. Every quarterback needs help. It's very hard to find a quarterback in college NFL that can quote unquote, carry a team. It takes a team to win football games. And the Oklahoma Sooners as a team weren't good enough this year. Dylan Gabriel is part of that, but he was one of the better parts of your team in 2022. So getting him back, allowing the, the offense to continue to build, that's a great thing for the Oklahoma Sooners. And I'm looking forward to seeing, okay, what can he do to improve upon? What was, I think, a good year? Was it a great year? A Heisman Trophy contending year? No. Did it live up to the expectations that were set before him in the last six years? No. But I think it was, you could argue it was as good as maybe a Spencer Rattler year. You know, it was a good year. They put up a ton of points. Like when you're losing games, because your defense has given up 30 points, 35 points, 40 points a game. It's hard to argue that your quarterback was bad. Could you, you know, and, and I think this is the problem with social media in this day and age is that every throw gets amplified. Every single throw, every miss, every drop, every overthrow, every poor decision, they all get amplified. So when your quarterback's completing 65% of his passes, people are going to talk a lot about the 35% that he missed, which is kind of silly, but that's just the way of the world now. And so when we get misses, it, it just, yeah, again, it's amplified, but again, good quarterback, good for Oklahoma that he's back. And now we kind of wait to see what other players might come back, Josh. 
or in the case of one Dylan Gabriel, the 37.3% of his passes that uh, he missed in 2022. I mean, he was completing about 63% of his passes, 62.7%. Threw for 3,168 yards, 25 touchdowns, just uh, six interceptions this season for Oklahoma. So as many things as maybe at times folks griped about, a lot of the numbers were really good for Dylan Gabriel. Run down just the some of the overall offensive numbers for the Sooners, John. And this is where I think you get into the, yes, things can improve. And if Dylan Gabriel improves just a little bit, and if Oklahoma improves just a little bit, and you combine it with, uh, obviously, they, they need some serious defensive growth. That much is obvious. But just talking specifically the offensive side of the football, John, this was the number 14th ranked total offense in all of college football Oklahoma was, okay? They were the 32nd scoring offense, so not really the same territory that Oklahoma's typically been. They lacked some uh, maybe explosion here and there, but this next, this next, next, these next two stats, really, I'm going to share with you are a big part of why you have that number 32 in the scoring department, okay? 50th, nationally, third down conversion offense. Oklahoma, obviously, that's, that's the big one, right? That's where this group can, can clearly improve a bunch. That's where Dylan Gabriel, individually, where dime time can improve a bunch. And I think some of those inaccuracies that upset some folks, right, that 37.3 that people aren't real happy about, unfortunately, it, it did come at some, some inopportune junctures, right, some important junctures on third down. So that's an area that you earmark. It's just simply the play calling, the execution, all of that's got to be better. And then listen to this number. 66th in red zone offense nationally for Oklahoma. So 14th total offense, 32nd scoring offense, and then these these back two statistics here, not good enough. 50th third down offense, 66th red zone. So that's some of the areas where Gabriel and Oklahoma, John, they've got to improve. And I believe that's there for Dylan Gabriel to improve because I look at the situation like this. You had somebody who, oh, by the way, was coming off an injury. I think that's that's been forgotten. A lot of the times we have some of these conversations. So hopefully, right, he'll be fully healthy going into next season. I'm not saying that he had a ton of injury concerns this year, but in terms of being fully up to speed, coming out of the spring, coming out of the summer, there hopefully won't be any hiccups, knock on wood, for Dylan Gabriel going into 2023. So that's one advantage going in. And, oh, by the way, it's now going to be his second season of Power 5 football which that as much experience and as many snaps as Dylan Gabriel had coming in, right? Remember we talked so much about he's thrown for 7,000 plus passing yards and what was it? Uh, 60 some odd, 70 touchdowns, whatever it was. And Oh, by the way, none of those were power five snaps, right? So now he's got that season under his belt, John, there's obvious room for improvement areas that he could be better. I think this is huge news. I think that Gabriel can have a better season than 2022. I truly believe that. And if Oklahoma wants to improve the the numbers you mentioned there, red zone offense in particular, like that one's the one that is most glaring because you're giving away points by not scoring touchdowns when you get into the red zone. And some of that is the offensive line run blocking ability. Some of that is just being able to throw the ball in the red zone. Some of it is like you mentioned execution. They'd get down into the red zone and they'd have some dumb false start penalty or there'd be a holding call or there'd be an offensive lineman too far down the field and it'd be an illegal offensive lineman down the field those little things they add up 
and they kill drives and they take points off the board. And as a team, Oklahoma's got to get better. Dylan Gabriel's got to be better in those situations too. One thing that I'll, I'll, it'll be really interesting to watch going into 2023. If Marvin Mims does indeed go off to the NFL, which I think he will, how much are they going to be able to improve their offense? Because they were very reliant on the deep ball for big plays in some games. Like, they were hitting a lot of big plays, that Texas Tech game. They were hitting a lot of big plays in that first half uh, when Marvin Mims was just lighting up the Red Raiders. They took Marvin Mims out of the game in the second half, and the offense kind of struggled at different points. I mean, they still put up a lot of points, but late in the game when you had to have a touchdown, it was harder to come by. So does a guy like Jalil Farouk, whose game is more uh, suited for the, the intermediate passing game, does that mean he's going to have more of a breakout season? Because if Mims is gone, I think – Jalil Farouk's kind of your wide receiver one, the guy that's going to get more of the targets in the passing game. Is Austin Stogner helping your red zone offense? I mean, Braden Willis had a good season, but still they were 66th in in uh, red zone offense. Javante Barnes getting more of a, of a heavier workload, getting more red zone opportunities. Maybe that helps. Uh, and then a guy that you know we're we're going to talk about next. You're adding to your offensive line depth. You're adding adding to your guard uh, rotation competition potentially your, your offensive line, if they can take a step and improve down in the red zone, improve some of the mental mistakes, but also just the effectiveness, potentially that helps too. So again, not to sell Dylan Gabriel short, not to sell the offense short. There are things that he needs to work on. He needs to get better at, but what's your option if Dylan Gabriel doesn't come back? Like where are you going at quarterback? And you, the easy answer is Jackson Arnold, but are you ready to throw a true freshman out there? Because we saw Caleb Williams with some really high highs uh, against TCU, Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma State first half. And then we saw some low lows with Caleb Williams as a true freshman, Iowa State, Baylor, um, second half against Oklahoma State. So it's that's kind of par for the course when you have a true freshman at quarterback. So coming up next, we spent, you know, we're going to talk Dylan Gabriel all off season. We're looking forward to him being back. Welcome back dime time. We're looking forward to seeing who your new deep threat's going to be. If Mims is gone, who's going to be the guy that benefits the most uh, from uh, you being able to throw the deep ball. Um, and that's an area. I mean, he, he and Mims, they missed a couple uh, times where Mims was wide open, but we're going to talk about Caleb Schaefer, who the Oklahoma Sooners got in the transfer portal uh, coming up after I talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. 100% covered in chocolate. Fantastic. Tastes great. Has only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You heard that right. 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. Great flavors like my personal favorite, the peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, mint brownie as well. So many really great tasting options and even great tasting textures. Like you can get the original built bar or you can go with the built puff or you can go with the built granola bar. So many different options for you to consume. You can get the cookies and cream, double chocolate. Again, I've been eating built bar now for like two and a half years. It's so good. My wife and I, we love them. The kids, I got to keep the kids out of them. My daughter, she loves them. And I'm like, hey, that's probably way too much protein for a six-year-old. You're going to come out looking like China from the WWE. But Built Bar, go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. You can get 15% off your next order over at Built.com using promo code LOCK15 for the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, Josh. Caleb Schaffer in the transfer portal. Offensive guard. 2,200 snaps for the Miami of Ohio Redhawks playing left guard 
35 starts under his belt, added to the guard rotation, the third guard that Bill Biedenboe has landed in the last four years. That's pretty heady. Now, again, group of five competition. We just talked about Dylan Gabriel making the, the jump from group of five to power five. Uh, a guy that, you know, you look at pro football, fo- pro football focus grades, which offensive line grading isn't always great, but never really ranked highly uh, with Miami of Ohio's, you know, high, highest graded offensive players. But again, take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because their gradings, their grades of offensive linemen aren't necessarily the most um, reliable, I guess. They do a really good job in some other areas, but offensive line grading is an area where they could struggle. I like the addition. I like that they added competition to the offensive line room. Potentially, this is a guy that comes in and starts for you at left guard or right guard. Maybe you move McKay Mattire over to right guard. I think he was a right guard at Cal before coming to Oklahoma and you know flipping to left guard because Chris Murray was the right guard. So I think maybe you move McKay Mattire back over to right guard. You got uh, Schaffer over at left guard. I like the addition again, trust Bill Beatenbow and his evaluations and his ability to develop offensive linemen. I think it's going to be really good to have a veteran presence, a part of that guard rotation, or just a guy that can step in and start right away for you. Huge, obviously uh, all sorts of starting experience under his belt, which I don't know how many times broken record transfer portal season rolls on. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had plenty of transfer portal season to talk about, which is exciting, right? This is what I've spent a bunch of time, John here, mentioning which is if you can just fully dive into the deep end of the pool it's it's actually kind of fun right you get to take these chances in the retooling of the roster is i know i know from a coach's standpoint john it's uh, got to be maddening right as much roster construction constantly as you have to be involved in but from a fan's perspective it's like shiny new christmas toys all the time this time of year and so here's the latest in Caleb Schaefer, graduate transfer, uh, Miami, Ohio, as you mentioned, all sorts of starts under his belt. Just the last two seasons, 25, uh, 25 starts under the belt and actually had started each of the previous couple of seasons before that. Uh, all Mid-American Conference honors um, last season. So that's uh, that's a great sign. And then just the the size, six foot five, 333. Sounds like a Big 12 type size to me, right? Sounds like uh, Oklahoma size to me. Here's a, an interesting note on this. Did you see this? Do you know who his? Uh, do you know who his coach was at Miami? No. Former Oklahoma offensive line coach James Patton. Oh, well, that's interesting. So just sort of a, a weird little wrinkle there, but uh, obviously, again, you know, Oklahoma has needed some offensive line help. They've gotten more offensive line help here with uh, all the starters that look, you're going to be replacing going into this next season. It's nice that uh, the transfer portal, it, it does this for you, John. And we've seen Oklahoma as, as you laid out right there in recent years, Bill Biedenboe, he's, he's kind of, kind of made some of his money out of uh, some transfers into Oklahoma. That's not to say that uh, even a Joshua Bates, right. Couldn't step right in and be a difference maker. Uh, our man from, Way out west as well, I think he's got a chance as well uh, to be, if not a day one difference maker, to not be too far off. Caden Green, I think, got a chance to be maybe an instant impact kind of guy, right? So that's not to say that you're ignoring in any way, shape, or form the 22 signing class, the 23 signing class, the 24 signing class as we go forward. But 
Again, the beautiful thing about the transfer portal is it creates some opportunities, John, for you to take some chances. And why not take a chance on somebody like Schaefer who's got 25 starts in the last two seasons? Well, it's just like the NFL, right? You're going to draft and you're drafting guys that you hope are going to be you know, starters for you, either their rookie season or you know, down the road as part of their rookie contract. You got to explore every avenue of talent acquisition. You know, teams that do well in the NFL, they draft well, they acquire players in free agent well, free agency well. And the, the same is true for college football now. You've got to be able to recruit well, and you also have to be able to take shots in the transfer portal and end up with you know difference makers. They did that with Deshaun McCullough, Jacob Lacey out of Notre Dame, Austin Stogner out of South Carolina, uh, Reggie Pearson out of Texas Tech, and now you know, getting Caleb Schaefer out of Miami of Ohio, a guy with a lot of experience. That's huge. Like you're adding guys with talent, you're adding guys with experience, and we, we talk about it all the time. You're raising the talent level for each position group every time you do that. Adding that experience matters. Having guys with a lot of snaps under the belt, it helps everybody because it provides just more insight into how to play the position, provides more, you know, again, the solid floor. If somebody like Caden Green comes in and just dominates from day one and just wows everybody and you just feel like we can't keep this kid off the field, well, at worst, you have a really good backup in Schaefer that could take over if something were to happen to Matire or something were to happen to, you know, Caden Greed, God forbid. This, that's true across the board. You know, say Peyton Bowen comes in and just steals the show at safety. Well, at the worst, you've got a really solid floor in Reggie Pearson if you need to play matchup games, something like that. So, again, love the addition. Love being able to bring in a guy with such veteran experience. And uh, Bill Beatonbow is rarely wrong along the offensive line. He, when he, I mean, Chris Murray was a good addition for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, McKay Matire in year one was a good one. We're going to get another year of him. Wanye Morris. I mean, year one didn't go so great for Wanye Morris, but year two was really good. Tyler Guyton. I mean, Tyler Guyton didn't play. I mean, he started some, some games for you his first year with the Sooners in 2022, but now you're looking to rely upon him in 2023 to be your starting right tackle. So he does a really good job evaluating players in the transfer portal and adding difference makers. I myself, John, at times have been have been guilty of this, whether it's signees now that we're entering this new age of college football, the transfer portal of honestly being a, a little stuck up in some regards, right? To where it's uh it's not a four star guy, it's not a five star guy. And I think we fall into this trap a little bit with maybe somebody like Caleb Schaefer here. Now, while some of the other offensive line names that we've mentioned, right? Wanye Morris, guess what? Comes from Tennessee. McCade Matoyer comes from uh, out west, right? Cal. Wow. Uh, who's my man here? Chris Murray's from UCLA, right? So all Power 5 acquisitions. The reason I, I bring this up is I saw, and I love all of the comments we get on YouTube. Appreciate everybody interacting with the show. I was combing through some of your comments before we, we uh, started taping the show tonight. Somebody was upset with Devon Sears that Oklahoma would be looking at him because of the, the Texas State factor, right? And look at the limited production. And to that, I say, okay, I understand the complaint, and I get it, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying let's let some of these things play out. First of all, obviously for Sears, he hasn't committed. He's not signed with Oklahoma. He's not enrolled with Oklahoma. I just say this in regards to Schaefer as well. 
sometimes we get a little caught up with the, ah, it's a group of five guy, or it's a four star, it's a five star guy. Keep in mind that, as you said, John, Bill Beanbow's got a pretty good track record of watching tape for somebody that's played college football, right? And the, the coaches that he talks to, you know that he's networked really, really well. So if he's hearing certain things that he likes, probably there's a reason that he's very interested in Caleb Schaefer. So I would just encourage people to keep that in mind when you start thinking like, ah, oh, man, it's not, not a power five guy or it's not this guy or that guy. Trust the staff, I guess is what I'm getting at. Until we find out, right, hey, a year, two years from now, we get down the road and you come back and point to me to this show and say, Josh Helmer, eh. but until we get to that point, you know, give this thing a little bit of leeway and grace. Exactly, because, I mean, Bill Biedenbow, again, has a really good track record in his time with the Oklahoma Sooners at getting uh, finding really good players and getting them to the NFL. I mean, that's why that's why you're getting these transfer portal you know, guys that are interested in Oklahoma because they've got a good track record of development. And I think, you know, Caleb Schaefer has a chance to be uh, another one of those kind of, you know, diamond in the rough type players. Right. And, and then you talk about the recruiting thing and that's why I really love the, the signings of Ashton Sanders and Taylor Wayne. Like those two are the guys I'm, I'm probably most excited to watch in this recruiting class because I feel like they are the ones that have the best chance to outperform their star status. I mean, their three-star guys are not going to have the same expectations that, you know, Adipoja, Adabare and Peyton Bowen and Jackson Arnold are going to have. And so they've got to do something really special to live up to that five-star status. Well, these other guys, Ashton Sanders, Taylor Wayne, they've got the traits, they've got the athleticism, but maybe just kind of fell under the radar a little bit and have a chance. I feel like to be really great players for Oklahoma. I think this could be another one, you know, like Caleb Schaefer, he might not have been the most highly sought after offensive guard in college football in the transfer portal, but Bill Beatenbow thinks there's something to this guy. We think Bill Beatenbow is a pretty good offensive line coach. We think he's a pretty good talent evaluator. So let's roll with it. I think, Josh, the, staff, I think the staff, John, what we're, we're seeing and, I do think Bill Beanbow is a good talent evaluator. I will trust his judgment over you and I and most everybody else's judgment for the most yeah. part, right? I do think that we're seeing that this staff with, say, the McCarty signee, the, the Sanders signee, even dating back, I know this is someone that exits via the transfer portal, Alton Tarber. I mean, there's some names that I don't think it's just, hey, it's late in the process, so let's sign Tarber. I think that this staff definitely fancies themselves. And Britt's talked a lot about this in the past, John but they fancy themselves developers of talent, right? I, you know, look, I'm not saying don't get blue chip talent. Obviously go get the four and five star talent. You need that too. But I do also believe in, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum as well, John, that to win national championships, to be consistent, there's going to have to be a player or two. And especially at least early to get this thing jump started in the Venables era. I think it's okay to to have a couple of developmental pieces and i trust this staff to find some of those guys yeah you got to find some steals and the, the same thing is true in the nfl you got to find those fifth round picks sixth round picks that can be become starters for you that nobody expects to be that's where you got to that's where you got to really like you look at the seattle seahawks defense yeah they had the earl thomas yeah they had bobby wagner that were you know premium picks but then it was like the richard sherman you know or I'm blanking on the other guy, the other cornerback's name from that defense, but they found guys later in that draft that I think it was the 2012 draft, maybe that became stars for them, uh, but they weren't, you know, 
top 100 picks. Same is true for recruiting. Yes, everybody's going to be going after the top 100 guys in, in the country. Can you find the guys that are under-recruited, under-evaluated, and turn them into guys that could be potential stars for you? So last guy we got to talk about, another one that could be a potential star for the Oklahoma Sooners if they're able to land him. This is Rondell Bothroyd visiting the Oklahoma Sooners this week on uh, Thursday as we're, rec- we're recording Thursday night. He was in Norman on Thursday. This is a very intriguing player to watch because listed as a defensive lineman, probably more of a, you know, edge player or a three, a three man alignment defensive end, but comes potentially comes to Oklahoma with a lot of production. I mean, he's played five years at wake. He redshirted his freshman year from what I can, I can tell uh, from college football reference, uh, probably got a medical red shirt his sophomore year in 2020, but in 2021, it's seven sacks, 16 and a half tackles for loss, 63 tackles, 63. That's crazy production in 2022. He had six sacks, eight tackles for loss, 30 total tackles. I'm guessing the drop in production is probably because ACC teams decided we cannot let this guy beat us anymore. We can't let him rack up 16 and a half tackles for loss. We've got to pay a little bit more closer attention to him. So I'm really intrigued by this, uh, this prospect and, potentially his addition to the Oklahoma Sooners. Well, and I, again, another example, John, I think of this staff, they're, they're not waiting around, right? They want a, they want an immediate infusion of defensive talent and they want it now. And one of the names I see on the YouTube comment page out there, before we forget a name out there tonight, Trace Ford. Yes. They've added Trace Ford as well from uh, the transfer portal as well. I think that's one name we forgot to mention earlier. So all of which is to say all these different names that we're talking about, John, and especially, you know, defensively, like you think about uh, this gentleman from Wake Forest, they understand what the defensive, uh, the total defense looked like, right? They understand rush defense, pass defense. None of it was good. Scoring defense, not good. They need help. They need it now. And they need proven production. They can't wait and take gambles in 2023 on somebody that signed in 22 or somebody that signed in 23. Hopefully we're talking about several of those signees, John stepping right in and being potential stars for Oklahoma. The, just the, the ratings next to the name indicate that that could be a possibility for some of these guys for Oklahoma, but Oh, you can't take that chance in 2023, right? Because six and seven, not good enough, not acceptable at the university of Oklahoma. And I think the staff understands that they're, they're going to try and turn over every rock to get talent into Norman to get it here now. Yeah. They don't have time to be patient. They really don't. And I like some of the guys that are on this roster that are carrying over from 2022 to 2023. But again, it's a six and seven team that had a really bad defense. So you can't necessarily just like hope these guys are going to develop and be like, yes, we're going to improve just because it's another year. I do think Danny Stutzman gets better. I do think Ethan Downs gets better as Isaiah Coe. I think he gets better. Woody Washington hopefully has a you know an improved season. I don't know how much more he can improve, but again, hopefully it's just everybody gets a little bit better, and then you add this infusion of talent with guys like you know hopefully a guy like Bothroyd. You got Pearson. You added um, Deshaun McCullough. You added uh, Jacob Lacey in the transfer portal. Trace Ford in the transfer portal. So I mean, if you continue to stack talent, add as much talent as possible, then it should raise the game for everybody like competition should breed that improvement a little bit again another guy that 
if they can add him, I mean, they're adding some serious production uh, to, to their defensive end or, you know, outside linebacker rotation. So very intriguing prospect. It'll be interesting to see what they do there. Josh, anything else you need to touch on? We, you feel like we need to touch on before we get out of here tonight, man, it would be, uh, <laughs> it'd be a huge addition if they win this recruitment out of wake Forest. just the, the 14 sacks alone over the past two uh, seasons. That's, that's something that this OU team we found out was desperately lacking, right? The ability to get to, rush the passer. Speaking of the YouTube commenters, somebody said, yeah, Ethan Downs, he got into the backfield, but he's not getting anybody down, right? Okay, well, this is somebody that, guess what, got to the quarterback and had a knack 14 times the last two years of getting the quarterback down. So Oklahoma needs that. This would be gigantic for this staff, for this team, for this program to, to win this recruiting war. They you know, have won some of these, especially defensively throughout this transfer portal cycle. Let's hope that in uh, the not too distant future, we're talking about another win right here. Yeah. And if they add him, I feel a lot better at Deshaun McCullough potentially playing cheetah for you because then you're adding proving another proven pass rusher to your rotation with Ethan Downs and Armason Thomas that you feel like, and you know, PJ Adabare that you feel like, okay, we've got a guy that can get after the quarterback can rush the passer can win. And then we're developing Ethan Downs. We're developing R. Mason Thomas. We're developing P.J. Atabare, and we feel really good about those four off the edge. So now Marvin Mims' watch begins with Dylan Gabriel's you know status answered. Now we keep an eye out on what Marvin Mims is going to do. Uh, we'll cover that as it happens for you here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. Again, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Hit the notification bell over there to let you know when new episodes drop and hit a like button as well. Go leave us a five-star rating over on Apple. We'd appreciate it. It helps more people find out about the show. Uh, and until next time, we're, we'll have we'll be back for our live show on Monday. So if, you're, if you enjoy that, be there for that. We're looking forward to it, being there with you and interacting. Uh, as we cover the Oklahoma Sooners recruiting transfer portal, I mean, we're less than a month now from National Signing Day. We'll see what uh, cards uh, Brent Venables and his staff have up their sleeve. Uh, to potentially surprise us on national signing day. Remember our Mason Thomas and Grayson Halton were late flips for the Sooners uh, in the final few weeks uh, towards national signing day. So that'll be interesting to follow, but until next time he's Josh Helmer. Go check him out on 94, seven, the ref in Norman nine to noon, Monday through Friday. I'm John Williams. You can read my work over at the Soonerswire.com. Follow the show on Twitter at locked on Sooners and on Facebook locked on Sooners podcast. We'll catch you then boomer sooner.